Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Authentic Messengers. My name is Catherine Van Wetter and I will be your host today. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, I have been interviewing different authors from one book called Life Sparks and now our new book called Sparks Nurses, or Nurse Sparks, excuse me with that. Um, All of these interviews have been archived, so if you miss one, you can go to www.blogtalk forward slash authenticmessengers.com. Please also visit us on our Facebook page and give us a thumbs up if you like what you're hearing today and if you know of anyone who may be interested in being on our show. Today I'm excited to be interviewing Tony Gilbert, who is a retired RN, and she is a transpersonal counselor with a background in holistic nursing, as a professional with a formal education in nursing, art, psychology, and transpersonal studies. She offers clients an array of healing art techniques to enhance wellness and prevent illness. She was the editor of the online magazine Alternative Journal of Nursing and the founding director of the Oregon Holistic Nurses Association. So welcome. Thank you for being here today. Glad to be here. So tell me, how did you start getting into alternative type nursing? Did you have a traditional background in in nursing um, and then I, changed? I don't really have a traditional background ever. You know, I'm, I have a traditional background on one side of my family. The other side of my family, my grandmother was a medium and uh, an astrologer and a dream worker. So I, I thought that was normal. So that's where uh, I just kind of started studying that kind of thing because the door was op- already open for me. Yeah. Which is helpful. It must, it must have been amazing growing up with uh, growing up with that kind of atmosphere, recognizing that we're so much more. In some ways, what I'm hearing you're saying, in some ways, we're so much more than just walking this 3D world. There are folks that actually tap in to other realms of existence. Right. You know, I thought that, like I said, I thought that was normal. I had no clue that it wasn't Mm -hmm. until I was about 30 years old and I entered into the nursing program. (laughs) And then I was sitting around the table one day talking to a bunch of nurses and I said something about interpreting a dream that I had and and they were just, um, they all had their mouths open. Like, you interpret dreams? And I said, yeah, don't you? (laughs) You know, in my family, we just sat around the table and talked about things like that. So that was why. And it's so it's that's so indicative of indigenous tribes, where it it becomes part of one's culture to talk about dreams and to be with the dreams. So what a what a wonderful what a wonderful passage for you. How did people receive you when you were talking to them about interpreting dreams? Oh, they're very interested, you know, very interested in, mm-hmm. because everybody mm-hmm. has a dream they want to know about, you know. And it's, um, uh, and you talk about indigenous, you know, it's probably real innate to our species to to um, study things like that. 
Yeah. yeah. So not, we're not. I'm not Native the, American thing, but like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, you go back to Northern Europe. I would be. Yeah. Well, and it's there. really beautiful. I think if we if we have the sense and we have the gift um, to not necessarily proclaim being of any indigenous background, but also to recognize that each and every one of us has that potential really to tap into other realms. So it's right. wonderful that you're it's wonderful that you're doing this. Some things and um, I know a lot of what we're gonna be talking about today are the archetypes. Could you talk a little bit about how it is that you got into the archetypes and what you have learned from that? Oh, I guess um, I started seeing uh, uh, patterns in my world, you know, how people were the same all around the world. And then, you know, things like the pyramids in Egypt happened at about the same time as the pyramids in in uh, Mexico and, you know, things like that. And, and then looking out, off out into space, we could see the same kind of shapes that we have on, on the earth. So, you know, I saw that all early and I, I'm, I I was wondering about it. You know, I've always kind of wondered about things. And I I was like 35 years old before I heard the term archetypes. But and then it took a little while beyond that because it's not part of our educational system to learn about archetypes. But it is mm-hmm. an ancient study. You know, they um they studied archetypes and the philosophers of the Middle East centuries ago came up with the, that study and I didn't learn that until mm-hmm. I was away into it you know so you know whether it's uh presented to us in our education or if there's somebody who just is uh, wonders about things uh, it's going to come up again and again it doesn't matter if it, if it dies out in our educational system it's just going to mm-hmm. keep coming up well, well, you mentioned patterns and then it seemed to, to weave in archetypes as part of the patterns that you witness. Because sometimes when I think of archetypes, I think of Carolyn Mace's description of archetypes or Robert Bly who talks about our typical ways that we, that we move through this world. How do patterns, how do you use archetypes as you reference patterns? Okay, that's, you know, archetypes is a very difficult thing to talk about because most people don't know what you're talking about. So uh, I try to start really Mm -hmm. basic. You know, basically the archetypes are uh, forces. You know, you can't see them. They're like forces, like electricity. In our Mm -hmm. world, they're they're natural forces that make up our world. And... And they can be little tiny, tiny things like the space uh, in between your words, and, or it can be larger, um, or or the little tiny ones. I think of them as pixels now. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that the little tiny ones make up this whole big thing. You know, and and Carolyn Mace and a few others just mentioned the human archetypes, but there's like uh, geometry and and uh, other kinds of archetypes as well. And that, so the You mean pattern, geometry? Excuse me. Geometry I, like... I was just going to say 
sacred geometry. Right? That well, it all is sacred geometry. Mm-hmm. Geometry is sacred because it makes up our world. You know, there's shapes. Different shapes make up you know a rectangle and a square and and a ball and they and you can see them in just about anything that you own. If you start looking, mm-hmm. you have to start so guess, looking, though. I guess I'll to bring really it get down the to idea. even more. I, I'm sorry, more I pause when I talk, so. Okay. We, I kind of, well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> if I pause, then I'm I'm probably going to say something else. <laughs> but, you know, just uh, keep running into something. Okay, go ahead. So now, that we wanted is to know about patterns. Well, we're doing it yes. again. again. <laughs> the well, patterns. I, um, no, I was waiting. The patterns of of human archetypes are like found in tarot and astrology. That's what I think of as patterns in of human archetypes. Is the, the the traits that you can see the expressions human expressions for instance uh in tarot there's the like the queen of pinnacles which pinnacles means uh has something to do with the earth and the queen is uh, a person usually a woman not but it can be a man that um understands the earth plane very well and can do things very well on the earth plane and uh in astrology, say, well, today's my birthday, and I'm a Gemini. And the Gemini pattern would be uh, they like to think about things and study things and learn things, and they also like to be around people and talk a lot and um, uh, just have a real curious mind. Those are patterns. Does that make sense? Okay, so, yes, it does make sense. So as you're talking about the pattern, what then is your interpretation then of an archetype pattern? So I can, so I can understand because, you know, knowing that people have different ideas of what archetypes are, you're talking more of the micro um, and the pixels as you referred right. as the archetypes that we'll be talking about? Well, I've studied them uh, probably more in depth than more, most people because I've been studying them for this energy and this type of thing for about 40 years. You know, and so I don't just study the human archetypes. I study everything. And so I see the patterns. Uh, it's very... Uh, it's all. It's almost confusing once you get past the um, seeing the the expression. You know, like um, like a student or a teacher uh, is an archetype. But underneath that that uh, word, the student or teacher is a, a some patterns. What I call patterns, and they're the traits of the teacher. For instance, is giving information. The student is listening. So those are the the patterns of the archetype. 
Well, how long have you been studying this phenomenon? About 40 years, maybe more. Just because... So you got interested... It's just my nature to be interested in uh, uh, my the world around me, and as I looked at it, I could see that there's there's ge- geometry and and all kinds of things that are the same, and they're just like repeated patterns uh, when you're at that level. And so, and at the personality level of humans, they're also repeated patterns. It's complicated. Can you talk about? (laughs) So I know that you pause um, in between our our talks, and so I don't want to keep interrupting you or having us bump up against each other, which I suppose is our little (laughs) archetype that we're doing right now. Um, So I would like to to know how we can move forward um, so, so I don't keep bumping up against you for your pause. Okay. <laughs> Just think of them as artful pauses. Okay. And I'm nodding as as my pause goes here. Okay. <laughs> um, so so you- I don't know what else I can say about it. I have a book out. It's called uh, Gaining Archetypal Vision. And I wrote it because um, I kind of explain how... I um, came to my conclusion, and actually, that's a wrong word, not conclusion. I don't like to come to conclusions because that closes the door on everything else. You know, so um, I I would say my theory of gaining archetypal vision. And it's put out by Schiffer, and it's a guidebook for using archetypes in personal growth and healing. And I, I aimed it at people who are in counseling and nursing and uh, anybody who wants to counsel others. It's real helpful to understand the theory behind archetypal psychology. And, and how would that be helpful? Well, let me read you the... Um, how would that be... What do you mean? Go ahead. How would that be helpful? I was just going to ask, how can this be helpful with counselors and other folks that work with clients or patients? Well, because our world is made up of archetypes, you know, it's just a it's a it's a different level of seeing the world. You know, you can see the world in a in your in the world the way that we've been brought up to look at it. Or you can delve into it a little deeper, and then that's when you run into the patterns and the archetypes. And usually people who counsel others have delved into it a little deeper. And so um, I can read you the the, uh, uh, definition that, that I have written in my book for archetypes, and that might clear it up a little bit. Um, The archetypes are thought to be, now I say thought to be because I don't want to say it is for sure because no one knows what an archetype is for sure. But the archetypes are thought to be formless energy that is full of information. The essence and the essence that, that, that exists before manifestation into an image 
into an action or a form. The archetypes are available and waiting to be to represent perceptions, behaviors, and feelings, as well as material manifestations in the world. And a good rule of thumb, something's archetypal if its essence, not necessarily the image, but its, its essence can be identified uh, throughout all time and in all cultures and places around the world. And... Um, Carl Jung outlined five main archetypes, and these are human archetypes. The self, the regulating center of the psyche and facilitator of individuation, and the shadow, you've heard of the shadow, the negative qualities Mm -hmm. that the ego does not identify with but possesses nonetheless, the anima, the feminine image in a man's psyche, or the animus, the masculine image in the woman's psyche, and the persona, how we present to the world and our behaviors act like a mask and um, protect the ego from negative projections. So, you know, this would be very, probably most counselors can talk to you about some kind of archetype that they, they're aware of. So it's not, not completely foreign to uh, counselors. Well, I know a lot of I know a lot of the counseling I've done with people. I haven't particularly talked to them about um, about archetypes. It's more my definition oh, I has don't. been more patterns. And yeah, I don't talk to them mm-hmm. about archetypes. It's too confusing because it's more of yeah. a intellectual study at, from that point, you know, and what you're doing it with in in um, Counseling is you're just noticing the patterns and recognizing the patterns. And that way you can lead it to what usually uh, that pattern needs to do. Like, um, let me see, an example. Uh, Somebody having trouble with their um, uh, dreams, you know, maybe having a lot of nightmares you might want to uh, start doing some dream interpretation with them because you recognize the pattern of emotional disturbance because you you work with dreams and you know that if somebody's having nightmares, then they're having some trouble in their life. So that's how you would work it with it. And you would just know it. It would be something mm-hmm. that the counselor knows rather than teaching and teaching the, the client. Now, I do so you're teach. working a lot with the... I do you teach, do teach uh, arch- archetypal tarot counseling, but we, and we talk about archetypes when I'm teaching, but I don't talk to, to my clients about archetypes. Okay. <laughs> so you use a... You use it more as a teaching tool rather than using it in a clinical setting, correct? The, the only way I use not it in talking. a clinical setting is that I know about it, you know, and so I'm aware of the patterns and, and I'm familiar with the patterns. And, you know, that any diagnosis is a pattern of archetype, an archetypal pattern. But I see the whole world is archetypal, so... Uh, the uh, there is no 
no separation for me. Um, the but it's just easier to work with the human archetypes and just leave it at that, you know. And when we're talking human archetypes, we're talking tarot counseling, dream work, um, astrology, that type of thing. Do you also do you also do shamanic spiritual? Do you put that into that realm as well? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. So what are the levels of archetypes? The levels of archetypes are um, um, when you have an archetype, say you have um, a Gemini, for instance, and you might, uh, the levels, uh, at the lower levels, they might talk too much, and that might be more of a shadow side or a lower level of the archetype, a negative side. Uh, and and uh, and then the higher levels of the Gemini might be that they enjoy talking and and being with others. So there's a, a dark side and a light side to the archetypes, and it's like a continuum. It's like nobody's one or the other. We're all everything, and it kind of slides back and forth, you know, between light and dark. And and well, you try to stay to the light side, but. If somebody's uh, dysfunctional, they're in the shadow side of their archetypes. And if they're living their life the way they want to live it and they're happy, then they're on, in the lighter side of their archetypes. That they're, that, that's operating so in that. So are you, are you saying people who live in the shadow, because Jung would talk about the shadow and often the shadow is our greatest gift because it holds a truth that we may have been pushing away. So right. do, you, do you feel that way or do you have Yes, a I, I think that, that you know, people come to counseling because they're in the shadows, you know, and they want, to, they want to be led toward the light, you know. And so that's really helpful when you are um, familiar with archetypal patterns because then you can guide them to the light of their archetypes and one thing I do use when I, before I see somebody is I, I bring up their astrology and I look at that and see what, what those archetypes are doing at, at, their, at the time that they were born. And, um, and then I start there because that kind of gives me a clue on what's happening with them. Do you look at astrology as being moving and organic or more that people whose astrology reading comes up as it is that they're kind of victim to their fate of what their planets are in alignment with? Oh, because there's different levels of the archetypes, then you're going to get different kinds of things. You know, that uh, when you're looking at somebody's natal chart and you're looking at uh, when the where the planets were the, the, the minute they were born, um, that can be, uh, that can run the gamut of from shadow to light, depending on where they're at with it at the moment that you're counseling mm-hmm. 
And what you do in counseling is you try to lead them to the lighter side of their patterns or their archetypes. Do you ever have them talk to that archetype that is in the shadow to have a dialogue with? Oh, I mean, I do yeah. come from the place rec- recognizing that every part of us has value and some may right. be a little out of alignment. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I, I um, practice guided imagery, and uh, sometimes I'll have people, if they're really um, interested in one particular card or they seem to get a lot out of a particular tarot card. See, I use tarot cards in my assessment, and if one, if they see in a card that, that's a particularly interesting to them, a lot of times I'll have them close their eyes and uh, see, uh, we'll go inside and see, what's happening with that particular archetype in their life or what they what that per, that particular archetype has to say to them about their issue it's all very useful i've had people and tell what me you... that i've had people tell me that they've had problems for 20 years with a certain situation and and uh when I, we start working uh, one or two sessions and they're done they they completely clarified everything it's real powerful to work with archetypal work and you can and work with the archetypes hoping. without with, you can work with the archetypes without uh, calling them archetypes you just work with them mm-hmm. Well, I know many people that I work with. Go ahead. <laughs> many people that I work with are so steeped with with trauma that um, I know that it it takes creating rapport to be able to move into that spot where they're willing and right. able, on an unconscious level, to let go of of whatever pattern it is because it has served them. And um, if people, in your experience, if people move through these patterns quickly, does it have a tendency to stick or does something else come up underneath that that may be more the core? I don't work with uh, people who are, um, uh, that need that kind of work. I don't do uh, work with uh, people who have mental illness or um you know something along those lines so it's more like a wellness counseling you know um mm-hmm. but but there's uh issues that are small that can be bothersome for years for instance i had one woman come here and she she was so uh ashamed of herself because she was so uh sensitive you know so it that didn't take too long to help her see that she was a highly sensitive person rather than, you know, we just changed her vocabulary, you know, and and gave Mm -hmm. her a different frame of reference for what she was experiencing in herself. Yeah, being highly sensitive, it can be difficult to walk this world because of how people interpret how we do the world and how we are in the world. So right, right. Uh, and you're so sensitive to see everything. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So. Do you consider yourself a sensitive, a highly sensitive oh, person? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I was uh, I was so shy when I was a kid that I would run and hide behind the furniture if we had company. <laughs> so yeah, I've been that way all my life. So it's um, I've done a lot of work with uh, highly sensitive people because that's what I am, you know. So the people come mm-hmm. to me, and that's usually their issues. I I am on a spiritual uh, emergence network, and I get calls all the time and. I have worked in psychiatry and, and mental health in my past, and um, so I'm on a, a hotline for people having a, an emergency, you know, psychological emergency, spiritual emergency, and I I can easily recognize, you know, people who, for whatever reason, they have a mental illness and they can't get past that. You know, but I give them a few minutes and work them through it and uh, usually send them back to their counselor and so they can get back on medication or something like that, you know, but mm-hmm. and, but most of my clients are, are just, you know, regular people that are having a little trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. I I know many highly sensitives have often been diagnosed with different mental illness, ADHD or depression, bipolar, anxiety, depression, you know, that, those sorts of things. And it can be difficult for a sensitive to get out from underneath the label of that. So it's right. um, it's interesting to, to tap into that realm of reality. For yes. not a very yes. large portion of the and population. Them in it. You know, the main thing is to support them in it because it's, it is all manageable. You know, when the, mm-hmm. the sensitive part. You just have to recognize that not everybody's that feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Not, not everybody's as sensitive as you are. And they can't so see everything. So have you everything. found that working... Have you found that working for the, with the archetypes for yourself has helped you move through your own sensitivity? Um, that's hard to say because I've because it I didn't learn it like sitting down and and learning it like a like math. You know, I didn't sit down mm-hmm. and learn it intellectually, and I just kind of gathered it as I moved along in my through my life. So it's hard to say whether that has helped or not. I I know that um it's fascinating it's a fascinating study. And so to be able to see the world in the in the terms that I see it in the wor- um in the terms of archetypes is um helpful. I would say it is helpful now, but I don't know that that helped me get to where I'm at. I guess that's what I'm saying. Because I don't think you have to even know the word to know to get where I'm at. I I just ran into the information, you know, and I and I connected the dots. But you don't have to have it. Mhm. Curious, what is meant by health as expanding consciousness? What's your definition of that? Well, you know, when you have uh, development, when you develop yourself, 
or you're growing up, you're developing, you know, the developing self, the developing personality. Every time you learn something that helps you live your life, you expand your consciousness so that, you know, you have somebody come in, say they're a highly sensitive person and they just can't hardly stand it that they are so sensitive that and so you help them work through that and when they start feeling better about themselves and they've got a new vocabulary for who they are, then that expand that's an expansion of consciousness. And I think that holds true for, you know, um physical illness as well. Whenever you're working through your physical illness you learn a lot too. And so that your your consciousness expands not only about your physical illness but the way that you cope with things. Mhm. So you're growing. It's basically growing up. Mhm. When I worked with reactive attachment disorder kids, we worked a lot with their right hemisphere, which has a lot to do with the archetypes and the metaphors, and found and fairy tale found that was a beautiful way to work with them to help them work through their stress and their trauma um, and put it in a way that that can be interpreted through their visual context have you have you I know you said you haven't worked so much with people with a lot of trauma but have you found that much of the archetypal approach is metaphoric and fairy tale in some ways Yes, that's what we I, how I use the the tarot cards is uh, we shuffle the cards and lay them out in a in a formation, and each each card will look like something to I use cards that everybody can identify with. You know, there's some contemporary decks that have just pretty simple pictures on them, and um, so when the person I have the person look at the card and identify with what's in the card. Well, there's a story behind the card. Every card is it represents an archetype. And so when they start talking about what they see in the card, I can tell that that's archetypes operating in them and how what level it's it's operating in them and uh I know what to do with that. So, it's the same type of thing. The metaphors come up and I notice the metaphors and and work with them. It's very fascinating. So as so as you mentioned, you know how to work with them. What sort of tools or approaches do you use to work with somebody's archetype? Well, the first thing I do is look up their astrology, like I've said, and then mm-hmm. when they come mm-hmm. in, I do an interview with them and do a verbal interview and notice anything, you know, about their physical appearance and all that stuff. And then I do tarot cards as an assessment, you know, like what do I need to know about this issue? That would be the question. And then we get into um, all of that. Mm-hmm. Could you give an example of of doing that? Um, an example would be, I have plenty of examples in my book. There's one example in um, Nurse Sparks' book. Um, let me think of a short one. Let me think. Um, 
Well, usually in the in the morning, my husband and I will draw a card, and we ask, "What? Who am I this morning?" You know, and what was mine this morning? Oh, mine was uh, the Four of Pentacles. I drew the card, the Four of Pentacles, and to me, that just means I'm just to take care of business and and. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question here, but um, I, I I get the information from the card of the that mm-hmm. to me they're like little metaphors. I don't know if that and did that answer what your I was asking was when you when you notice somebody's metaphor either through their astrology or through a card, what sorts of tools do you use? in order for them to be able to really access that and then be able to move beyond it if it's in some ways getting in their way? I use journaling a lot because, mm-hmm. um, and artwork. I, have, I tell them, you know, don't just write in your journal. You can draw too, you know. So I, I think journaling is a really good way to get away from yourself and be so you can see how see things a little more objectively because i have them mm-hmm. write to themselves like they're their best friend like you know dear so and so and then write to them you know, as if they were somebody else uh different techniques like that uh, there's a lot of techniques i use mm-hmm. i use dream work we i i we explore their dreams and uh, there's a lot to to turn up there. And uh, when I first started doing dream work, I could interpret dreams without... I didn't have a vocabulary or a techniques or anything when I first started doing it because my grandmother died when I was young. And so I she didn't teach me all that stuff. I just knew that she did it. You know, so uh, when I started doing dream work, I had... I just got it intuitively you know i just get hits about what the dream was about but as mm-hmm. i gain some techniques then i can take those techniques and i can teach them to others because it's uh, it's a good thing to try to do uh, dreams that way but not everybody can do that but mm-hmm. with techniques anybody can dream not uh, do dream work and I have uh, there's some articles on my website. There's a, there's a um, article called the spiritual art of working with dreams on my under articles on my website that gives some techniques if somebody was interested in working with dreams. Hmm. Well, now with so much happening in the world, I'm I'm sure that a lot of people's archetypes are coming to the surface and may not always know what to do with them. Um, The energies have been pretty intense lately and the polarization that certain many people are experiencing. What do you mean? What do I mean with the archetypes coming up for folks? Yeah. That there is a lot of agitation, at least in folks I've worked with and across the media and social media. There's agitation, there's separatism, 
some people are feeling alienated. So I imagine different archetypes, shadow archetypes are coming up uh-huh. for folks that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, with your with your personal growth and healing that you do using your archetypes working with people, do you have a sense that that our work is an inside job and that when we look out into the world, it's reflective of what's going on internally or do you work more with the feeling that 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 doesn't happen? I'm not sure what you mean. Say that one more, a different way. Um, that much of how one experiences life is from their own internal interpretation of the world and their yeah. archetypes that may be indicative of their wounding. And so if there's those feelings going on inside someone, often when one looks out into the world, there can be the repetition of those archetypes. Right. So what I was asking... Projection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what... Yeah. Projection. Mm-hmm. You see Projection. in the world what you what you have on the inside. That what ha- is mm-hmm. going on on the inside of you affects how you see the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So your your work helps people to change their outside world by working on their internal world. Is that correct? Yes, that's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, you just reframe it. And it's interesting how, you know, Mm -hmm. fairly healthy adults can move right along with their issues, you know, when when they Mm -hmm. have tools like this to work with. They can move quite quickly. If people I are interested with, uh, in getting a hold, <laughs> you work with what? I worked with mentally ill for several many years, and and uh, that's a little more difficult to work with this mm-hmm. this kind of thing. You can, but it mm-hmm. usually doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't I like to get have the successes. So I, I pretty much um, when I when someone calls to make an appointment, I I find out who they are on the phone usually because uh, when they come here, they're going to. I want people who will work. I I don't. So I you know I've had people call uh, come and see me and they you know in my early years when I first started doing this and they say, why do we have to keep talking about this? Why don't you just give me an herb? And then we'll be done with it because they're so used to going to the doctor and getting a pill, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I pretty much uh, went over the phone. Um, I uh, do an assessment over the phone before I meet with them, make sure that they're coming, they know what they're coming to because they're going to be working when they come here. It's not mm-hmm. just me doing it. If someone is interested in working with you, how do they get a hold of you? What's the best? Uh, my website, TonyGilbert.com, yeah, has the contact And that's G I L B E R T. Right. T O N I. 
Yeah. And I and noticed that you have a gift for listeners. Hmm. Go, Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I said I noticed that you also have gifts for listeners, the listeners who may um, be on the show or pick up our archive. Is that open for anyone who would like to get a 15-minute one drill card session? Um, sure. Sure, I'd do that. I'd do that. Okay. I, I would pick the cards unless they had cards that they wanted to pick. Mm-hmm. I usually give that oh, away good. when I do fairs as well. And that, it's amazing what you can do with one card. Mm-hmm. Do you want a card? Definitely power in. Sure, I'll have a card. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Catherine, I'm going to pick a card for you. Okay, what do you want to know? Do you have a question? Um, like, what do I need to know about something, or who am I? How about if we just see what comes up? We have to have a question because that helps uh, focus. We need. I need to have you focused on a question. Okay. I can't just. Well, I be doing more travel. Well, I be doing more travel. Oh, I don't tell the future. I don't. Okay. Do um. How about who am I? Uh, who am I? Who am I? That's a perfect one. Spend my whole lifetime wondering that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is who you are at the moment. Okay, so we have, it looks like the king of um, air, mind. So you're totally in your intellect at the moment. Let me see what else we got. King of swords or whatever. And... The next one was like four of water, turning in. So that just tells me that well, this particular king of of swords or king of mind is uh, it's a picture of the head on fire and and uh, the face is all messed up. I don't. And he looks like he's in a little bit of of uh, grief. And then the mm. turning in the four of cups is not not very happy. So I don't know. Are you not very happy in your life at the moment? No, actually, I'm really happy in my life. Huh. Okay. Lots of wonderful things opening. Uh huh. So, mhm. Well, but I will. But I will are they intellectual? Part. I will. T- Is that no, intellectual? I, I usually, I usually move with my heart through this life. Okay. So when I'm doing radio, we have I'm the first card is mind, and then the second card mm-hmm. is tuning in. You know, so, so this looks like somebody meditating, and. Um, getting into their mind. That's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. 
Well, meditation is, a, I do a lot of meditating. and yeah. um, it, it helps me clear my mind, which is good. Okay, there as we go. The One picture is of the mind and the other picture is of this person turning inward. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my highly sensitive self. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you draw a card before you came on the show today? Do you sometimes do that when you do I shows? I didn't. I didn't. But I usually draw one a day. I didn't do it today. I have cards in every, almost every place in the house that I uh, <laughs> that I'm in because I like to uh, when I'm doing in the middle of uh, doing thinking about something I like to j- throw some cards and see what the archetypes look like you know because it gives a little picture of what basically when you shuffle cards the energy of your heart chakra mixes with a card somehow this is all. Uh, Uh, it's not scientific, I'll put it that way, but but it works. I mean, it took me two years to get to see that that this is the way it is. But uh, you you take the cards, you shuffle them with with uh, something in mind that's a, like a heart question, and you lay them out, and it's like having a dream at the moment. And then I'd interpret them like I would interpret a dream. That's how I use the cards. Mm-hmm. So it worked when I, the first time I did that. I, yes, <laughs> the first time I did that, I um, was surprised. I thought, "Well, that's weird. It looks like this just is just reflecting what what I was thinking," and and that's basically what it does. Is it whatever your whatever's in your heart and your mind at the moment will be reflected in the cards. Mm-hmm. Synchronistically. Yeah, I, I appreciate. I appreciate that you say that you don't read the future because there's some folks who do cards who do, and it's, that can be a real slippery slope doing that. Oh yeah, I would sure. never do that. I don't. I don't think that that's a good idea because you're messing with somebody's life, and they take they may take mm-hmm. you too serious. That's not well, to say I really that you can't appreciate- find this. See, it's not to say that you can't see the future in the cards. You know, some people mm-hmm. might be able to do that, but I don't want to tell people something like that because the future is so changeable. You know, it could change mm-hmm. in a, with a thought. It could change with a certain person coming into your life. It can change a lot in in an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's not a good thing to do. Well, I've enjoyed our I've enjoyed our talk today. It's hard to believe that it's it's coming to a close. Um, would you like to leave our listeners with any with any tip or any thoughts? Well, I every client that I have, um, for the most part, leave and they go. They're they're on their way to buy a tarot deck. And I think most people can work with these. I don't think you have to be any particular way to work with the tarot cards, um, at least for yourself. Uh, you want you would want to practice a lot before you 
practice on before you worked with somebody else with them. But you have to learn about mm-hmm. the archetypes and how they operate in yourself before you can start working with others. Mm-hmm. It's because our interpretation can definitely affect other people. Right. It's just kind of like sure. we were talking about mm-hmm. the Telling the future, you know, you can affect people by telling them the, the wrong future. You can also affect them by telling mm-hmm. them wrong about their archetypes. So I mm-hmm. usually let them lead me in as far as the counseling goes. And you have to be aware of yourself and what you project, you know. And so if you know your mm-hmm. archetypes, you're projecting. You know, that what you'd have a tendency to project. or You have to know yourself really well to be a good counselor. Yes, indeed. It's an ongoing process. Yep. So, well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm glad you took the time to well, be. thank you. And yeah, maybe um, we'll for listeners up, maybe we will. Yeah, I, I come down to Oregon quite a bit. So um, perhaps one of these days our paths will cross. So thank you so much, Tony. I really appreciate it. Okay. And listeners listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us today. If by chance you or others would like to listen to the show again or look at our other shows that have been on in the past, please go to www.blogtalk forward slash authenticmessengers.com where you will see the archive shows. And next week, June 13th, my guest is Jess Young, who's an RN. And in this interview, we'll be talking about, we'll get a glimpse into what the creative process was like for her in writing her Nurse Sparks chapter. She's an artist. She's a holistic nurse. She's a dancer, and she's a teacher in Portland, Oregon. So please join us on ways to do self-care, the healthcare system, and what she's doing to be a beacon of change as a nurse and an artist. And all of you out there, please take good care of yourself. Know that you do make a difference in this world. Be kind and love deeply. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.